0: Good afternoon. This is Dr. Dan Guerra coming to you from Authentic Biochemistry Studios in the Inland Pacific Northwest of the USA. We're going to get right into the discussion of transcription factors, the regulation of the immune response as it is linked to aging, something we've been uh, hitting pretty hard the last four or five episodes on the podcast, so uh, no reason to delay. Now, it's a treat today because I have a paper that gives us a different parallax, a different um, perspective on the entire association of this um, transcription factor discussion, because we're gonna be looking at how effects on mood and potentially neuropsychiatric conditions, both of which we know are altered in the negative way associated with the pathophysiology of elder aging. So that's why I wanted to pick up on this paper. So let's go right to it. Now, again, this is Dr. Dan Guerra, Authentic Biochemistry. It is indeed the 14th of November, 2020. And I'm doing this because I have nothing better to do, which means it's a good thing to do. All right. So a paper published in the Brazilian Journal of Medical Biological Research in 2019. The uh, volume on that is is, uh, volume 52, and this is an electronically um, delivered uh, paper so you can get it free online, and it's manuscript number E-8292. So let's go through what this paper says quickly. Tells us that the thymus, of course, the primary lymphoid organ, And we also know that it's very important for the maturation of T lymphocytes. And therefore it is the uh, specific area where immunological tolerance is educated. uh, That education for immunological tolerance to self occurs, particularly with T lymphocytes. It is in that antenatal period and in the infancy of the young human that it plays its major role, that's the thymus that is. Now in clinical practice, T cell receptor excision circles, these are called T-Rex, T-R-E-C, apostrophe small s, are considered a direct and reliable measure of thymic function. Now this is kind of cool, check this out. T-Rex are actually a byproduct of DNA formation in gene rearrangement, this would be recombination, of T cell receptors, of the TCR. So these T-Rex are stable, and they do not duplicate during mitosis, so they're lost. So they represent a recent, when you find T-Rex in a T cell population, they're, they're representing a recent immigrant T cell, T lymphocyte population from directly the thymus. It's a good biomarker, if you will. Now, despite their significance, these T-Rex have been neglected uh, by the medical uh, profession pretty much because there's a lack of data it tells us if the thymic function during infancy of healthy children has any effect on the relative concentration of T-REC uh, expressing naive T lymphocytes. Okay. So that's basically why we don't have enough information. So this paper wanted to evaluate thymic function in the early uh, first couple of years of life. And, they, and they, they suggested they wanted to look at the T-REC population of those. So t Rex within a T-cell, naive T-cell population, because I think it might be important. So they took 103 blood samples from children and adolescents between three months, all the way up to 20 years old. And they took a look, they analyzed them. They took a mean T-REC count, um, and then they looked at t Rex per microliter of DNA. They found that individuals between zero and five years of age had, of course, as you might guess, significantly higher TREC values than those that are older, particularly between 10 and 20 years, because that's further away from the uh, robust thymic function, right? So they found no significant difference, though, in TREC values among age groups below five. So this is not going to tell us, in other words, we're not going to get a quantitative um, the descript, descriptor from this biomarker by looking at, say, three month old, six month old, one year old infants, and be able to say, ah, oh, okay, now we understand thymic output, because we can see this population of T lymphocytes had abundant amount of t rec and then a steady, steady decline. So from this small population, remember, it's only like, what, um, 100, um, patients, they did not find any difference in that zero to five year range. But still, they think that uh, it's important because they found inverse correlation of T-Rex with age, okay? With a p-value that's really good, 0.003. So there's no problem with believing that they they, they found that data. And that data does highlight, and maybe it even validates um, the idea that thymus function with age could be um, described by T Rex, at least at the level of years of age. Certainly not at the uh, the um, level of understanding them at very discrete changes, like one month or three months in terms of T lymphocyte naive T lymphocyte production. All right, so that's an important point, right? Now. They tell us that uh, at the beginning of of the 21st century, the direct measurement for T cell receptor excision circles was was finally developed. So it took quite a while. It took like in the last 20 years is when this took off. Of course, T-Rex are the byproduct of DNA formation during recombinatorial gene rearrangement of the TCRs, T cell receptors, and the T-Rex are stable They don't duplicate during mitosis, as I said, and T-Rex in the peripheral blood actually represent a valid biomarker for recent thymic function, okay? So T-Rex-positive cells are um, therefore called recent thymic immigrants. I like that term. Um, For a few conditions, evaluations to measure T-Rex are usually conducted in clinical practice so newborn screening tests for severe combined immunodeficiency takes a look at this population. So this is often the case. There's something in the clinic, there's something in the disease of a certain population of humans that requires a new technology or a techn- an older technology that's now being um, re-engineered to apply for a specific disease. So this is the case here. So, they wanted to be able to get newborn screening for looking at, at young babies that had skid. Remember that severe combined immunodeficiency. Because if they did have that, they would have a problem with T lymphocyte population. And the way to measure that would be thymic naive T lymphocyte output. Right? They also, so they were able to, so, so they've been using this now for a while. Okay, so that's, that's the important thing. So, T rec counts can be useful for evaluating thymic function, thymic output, particularly in early life. And of course, that's the period when the thymus is most important, anyway, right? So, immunological abnormalities associated with any pathophysiological conditions, like higher infection rates, infl- uh, inflammatory diseases, or ones that are that are associated with inflammation, of course, cancer, um, cardiovascular events or diseases, all of those all of those pathophysiological medical issues can be associated with, ready for this? Panic disorder in humans. So in the study here, this study here this is a PLOS-1 study. T-cell receptor excision circles, T-rex, and the forkhead box protein 3, the FOXP3, methylation pattern of regulatory T-cells and relative telomere lengths were all investigated in a total samples again of a couple of hundred patients with panic disorder diagnosed as compared to about 130 age and sex matched healthy controls in order to test potential dysfunction and potentially premature aging of the immune system, anxiety disorders, because this has been suggested. I told you this about a month ago that certain neuropsychiatric diseases, um, seem to be linked to immunosenescence. Okay. Which is, um, the immune response when it starts to age, tends to have less T helper cell populations, more T memory cells and more T regulatory cells. So there's more of a suppression of the acquired immune response. This is another reason to be used as biomarker, these T-Rex. So what did they find? First of all, remember, they're looking at the immune system. They're looking at immunosenescence and they're trying to figure out if they can discuss this as a linkage to basic uh, general anxiety disorder and associated pan- panic attacks. So, because these are people that were diagnosed 50-50, right? And the population was split down the middle. So significantly lower T-Rex, and this is at a P-value of 0.004, as well as significant hypermethylation of the FOXP3 promoter, now you know this, that's associated with a Treg transcription uh, pattern and its transcriptome to be an authentic card-carrying Treg. Both of those are observed in female, but not in male uh, patients with panic disorder. Of course, all of that compared to healthy controls, okay? So that's interesting. Lower T-rex, that means lower thymic output and more hypermethylation of FOXP3, which is going to mean probably, um, a shutting down, right. Of the expression of FOXP3, which is the transcription factor, which generates authentic T regulatory cells. And they found this again in female rather than male patients with panic disorder and all of that compared to healthy control. So, Now listen to this, no difference in relative telomere length was discerned between patients or controls, okay? Now I'm I'm guessing it's because you're looking at younger people here, or only a very finite age group. And they also say that there was no difference in telomere length as discerned between patients and controls, okay? But significantly shorter telomeres in females in smokers of the population and in the older group, older persons within the patient group. So, again, females, uh, either male or female, who are cigarette smokers, and older people all had this relative telomere length um, deficiency. Okay, the telomeres were shorter. You know, that's indicative of aging, right? Okay, so. They say the presently observed reduced T-Rex, right? These are these circles that recommend for T-cell receptor initial recombination products of circular DNA found in those T-lymphocytes or in the blood. So the the observed reduced T-Rex in panic disorder patients and the FOXP3 hypermethylation in the female patients with panic disorder potentially may reflect an impaired thymus activity and an immunosuppressive Treg function. So you have less thymus outputs. You have less naive um, CD4 positive, CD8 positive T lymphocytes. And on top of that, you don't get that terminal differentiation or, well, it's not actually terminal, but that subsequent differentiation to Tregs because you're not making the FOXP3 because you're This It's an epigenetic phenomenon. And they're saying it could account for what they see as an unknown increased morbidity and mortality of anxiety disorders conferred, for example, by cancer and cardiovascular disease. So they're seeing, trying to pull it, pull apart what's associated with morbidity and mortality with cancer, with cardiovascular disease in a population, and that population that may also have an anxiety disorder or so, and, and, and the GAD, a general anxiety disorder, directly linked to panic attacks. Okay. Now, that paper, interestingly, was published in PLOS One, published uh, in 2016, and the um, electronic uh, um, paper number on that is 0157930. And I'll, I'll try to remember, put this in show notes. So that's interesting, right? So they're all, so they're using these T-Rex now to find out that females that have panic disorder have fewer um, T-Rex cell populations, which means that thymic output may be hindered and that indeed that same population of female anxiety disorder, panic attack uh, population also have a deficiency in t and b 3 of course, the transcription factor you find in other T-cell populations, which apparently they didn't look at. But I know that it does, The dead transcription factor is found in T-effectors, particularly T, uh, TH17s. All right, so that was a little, that was a nice little side uh, glance at something. And why am I telling you that? Because remember, we got off of this tangent, and it is a tangent to talk about clock genes, because we were talking about sundowning in older people And I was telling you that sundowning is a phenotype, a geriatric phenotype, that during the early evening hours, people that are advanced elderly um, tend to get more depressed and disoriented, sad. And sometimes that results in a presentation of anger, frustration, anxiety, right? Those kinds of uh, presentations, those neuropsychiatric presentations, behavioral presentations. And that's where we got to the clock genes. And then we found out that the infill 3 right, an important transcription factor for T-cell regulation, was associated with clock gene oscillation. And so a corruption of that transcription factor, which we see in compromised um, immune systems of the elderly, is also possibly the same transcription factor that is resulting in a compromised... Of the day-night cycles, resulting in loss of sleep in the elderly, and this whole sundowning effect. Okay, so now we're telling you—you know—we're going—we're going deeper into it. We're telling you, yeah, when you actually look at T-cell populations, and you look at people that have general anxiety disorder, which is something that can occur at any age, of course, but that is definitely found in a subpopulation of elderly uh, people particularly those that may be experiencing sundowning effect, problems with uh, the circadian rhythm, problems with their immune response, that we find that females have this reduced Treg population and this reduced thymic output as related to those Tregs, right? Those those, uh, excision circles of DNA, which are generated when T cell receptor recombination clips out that DNA, because the recombination does. So I think that's really an important thing. the researchers are are now really trying to key in on what is the molecular um, arrangement and therefore biochemical underpinning of some of the major components of these diseases and the, those diseases and dysregularities in the patterns of the expression of genes and cell types and cell lineages and immune system output as you age. Okay, so this is I think that's that's what I'm trying to give you this. Again, I'm trying to build for you an architectonic, trying to give you a, a complete understanding so that we don't walk away from these discussions and just say, well, yeah, there are a couple of transcription factors that seem to be related. I'm giving you how they're interrelated, right? How they're networked and they're associated with a lot of other disease states. Because whenever you think of, for example, let's just lock it right down now a transcription factor that is used for an associative degradation of day night cycles in the human mind okay like in aging like in sundowning, and then we find out that that same group of transcription factors associated with the immune response some of which is going to have a valence towards essentially either bursts of hyperimmune upon pathogen challenge or a consistent hypoimmune response so that pathogens can actually can induce that challenge. And that means an override of the innate immune response and a triggering of the acquired immune response, particularly T-cell lymphocytes. And that, if you recall from a few uh, episodes ago, uh, T-memory cells then can be induced to uh, become uh, hyperactive and generate pro-inflammatory cytokines. And that can lead you to... Um, a couple of different things. One is neurodegeneration, right? and certainly malfunction, because cytokines are so potent um, as a biofactor in controlling gene expression in epithelial cells and in all the, all the innate and acquired immune cells. Then this can go into total circulation. You get the idea, of whole organ systems can start to move or meander like an old river further and further away from an equipoise set point. That would give you a healthy, um, overall, um, uh, not only, uh, muscular tonicity and cardiovascular tonicity, solid organ, um, uh, solvency, but also the whole behavioral responses that are linked to neuropsychiatric conditions that have neural correlates, or at least loosely understood neural correlates that could link to a deficiency, say in cognition, and also deficiencies in um, the affective part of personality, right? that is emotions. Okay, so I wanted you to get all that, and so hopefully that was a good su- summary. So let's go back now and talk about the info 3 This goes way back to a paper we've been discussing for a while. This was the Experimental Molecular Medicine paper, volume 51, um, published in 2019. Remember what I told you about this, it's just a recap. So if you remember this by heart, you don't have to listen for the next minute, but let me go through it for the people that don't remember it or just tuned in. Nuclear factor interleukin-3, that's in 3 which has another name, E4-binding protein-4. So you gotta know both, because you in the literature we have both of those synonyms and they may not remark on the other one. That transcription factor is a repressor of gene expression. So Nf3 contains this basic leucine zipper domain, and it has certain amino acids that have that between 73 and 146 among a total of 462 residues. The N-terminal part of that domain directly binds to the DNA because that's what transcription factors must do. While the C-terminal region is, of course, responsible for any potential homo or heterodimerization. You always get dimerization of transcription factors for them to lock onto the DNA, be fully functional during chromatin remodeling and enhancer and promoter associated gene expression at the transcriptional level. Okay, so as it turns out, infill 3 is a curious protein because it's got all this transcription factor molecular motif, but within that 462 amino acid protein, uh, the sequences between two, the sequence of aminomaspin 299 and 363 are actually a transcriptional repressor domain. So remember they suppress, they were, uh, they are either repressor domains. If they keep something down or they suppress a gene, which is about to be expressed So we went over that last time, the distinction between suppression and repression. So infill 3 represses genes by recruiting histone deacetylase two. We told you this before and the G9A histone-methyltransferase. So that really corrupts global gene expression. You deacetylate, so you go from euchromatin to heterochromatin, so you shut down the ability for RNA polymerase to get in and make global, uh, of course, associated with promoter and enhancer uh, and effector-mediated discrete transcription patterns. But when you deacetylate, you just shut down a great large amount of bulk transcription. But then you go ahead and methylate the histones, which further, because you're adding that hydrophobic uh, moiety, the methyl group, that further corrupts uh, transcription. So NIFL3 represses genes by recruiting these two other proteins, histone deacetylase-2 and the histone-methyl G9A. And of course, that's gonna regulate all kinds of biological processes, including what? We've already talked about the circadian rhythm, cellular viability, that is, apoptosis versus autophagy, for example, versus senescence versus nec- necrotosis, right? Um, Ferroptosis or, or plain old apoptosis, all of those programmed cell death. And of course, even in hepatic metabolism, we talked about hepatocyte-mediated um, responses to the infill 3 expression. Now, in immune cells, infill 3 of course, is really important for B cell, IgE class switching, and the development of natural killer cells. INFIL-3 also binds to the epsilon promoter to stimulate IgE production. Okay, so those that's usually in allergic diseases, along with the CENIFILs from the innate immune response, of course. nfl 3 deficient mice also show dramatic NK cell loss such as a natural killer. Those are really important. Now, those don't rely on T cell receptor recombination, as you know, um, but they're on the way to the lineage of CD8 positive cells. Anyways, that's all due to the, to the influence of the of nfl 3 on NK cell development, maturation, and even in function. So it shuts down natural killer cell, which is a a bad thing if you have a pathogenic system going on, or if you have a a tumor. INFIL-3-deficient mice, of course, exhibit elevated interleukin-12 P450 expression. This was studied in colon, and that will induce Th1 differentiation, because remember, INFIL-3 is involved in Treg, Transcriptome patterning. So when you have a deficient infil three, you you make more interleukin twelve, and there's a p450 expression, uh, p450 associated expression that induces ultimately Th1 differentiation. And then what is that going to cause? That's going to cause inflammation, and that is directly linked to spontaneous colitis in humans. Th2 cytokines are also affected by infil three, of course. You get an increased expression of interleukin 5, interleukin 13, and you get this in infill 3 double negative Th2 cells, which the double knockouts been performed, right? So, besides all of that, infill 3, as we've been saying, links the circadian rhythm with the immune cell development, and it does so by suppressing the Th17 determining factor. Remember, I told you I'd get back to this, the Roar Gamma T. And the gamma T, of course, is retinoic acid, orphan receptor, gamma T, isoform. Okay, so you're getting all that? That should have put you right back into um, center field from where we've been before. Now, now C D4 uh, positive T cells, of course, are going to play a really important role in adaptive immune system. That's all your T effector cells, your TH1, TH2, TH17s, right? But they're all but C D4 positive cells are also part of the T reg. Um, a primary cell population. And all of those are going to be activated by their own cogent T-cell receptors and a combination of cytokines, which actually connect as growth factors and also as co-adaptors for the stimulation of differentiation to the T- different T-cell uh, subsets. So every CD4 positive T-cell subset expresses a lineage determining transcription factor that activates, of course, lineage-specific transcriptomes. And that then drives, the products of those transcripts drive cell differentiation. So remember, it was tbet that transcription factor. That was the lineage-determining transcription factor for Th1 cells. And of course, those mediate, those are really important T effector cells. They mediate the clearance of intracellular pathogens, and they facilitate transcription of the interferon gamma gene, which of course helps clear virally infected cells. All right. In fact, the lineage-determining factor for Th2 cells, which produces a, a, a suite of its own, proclamator cytokines, uh, they are in look four, in look five, and in look at 13. Those all induce immune responses to helminths. Now that transcription factor for Th2 cells is GATA3, which again, this should be reviewed for you. Uh, Th17 cells, as we've just been saying, utilize what? Of course, were gamma T as their transcription factor. So that's their li- lineage determining transcription factor. And they produce, of course, because of TH17 cells, interleukin 17A, 17F, and indeed interleukin 22. And they provide removal of extracellular bacteria and fungi, extracellular bacteria and fungi. TH17 cells also are key uh, uh, lymphocytes and autoimmune diseases, as we've been talking. Two big ones are multiple sclerosis and rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, Certainly rheumatoid arthritis is something that shows up in the elderly. And MS is, of course, a sporadic um, remitting relapsing disease, which can hit hit people at all ages, but primarily younger people. But TH17 cells are the ones that are associated with that terrible disease. And there's actually some new drugs out in the market I should talk about soon about that. Uh, Just were we're published very recently. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to stop here. Because now we're really back into um, T-cell regulated differentiation. We're going back. We talked a little bit again about the clock genes. We told you about their really really important paper in that Brazilian journal that linked up, of course, all of these pathways, right, to neuropsychiatric conditions. And and so hopefully that was a nice uh, aside for us because we see how these Higher levels presentations of diseases are linked to some of the coordinated diseases we see as people age. So again, authentic biochemistry is what we do. And uh, I'm just going to say, this is Dr. Dan Guwera on the 14th of November saying bye for now.